0: The mindful surfer podcast with myself will foster and my co-host liam morgan who i must say i must say thank you to for making my life better genuinely i right. mean this yeah I'm, just, I'm not even shall i put some, taking the piss i'm not shall gonna I put some mood music i'm not gonna talk about pubes or porn hub or anything else genuinely because this has been an absolute blast dude so thank you and just the joy you bring to life and the ocean and everything you do it's really cool Thank you, mate. Oh, I'm touched. Do you want to borrow some fins or something? Is that what you're after? Basically. Um, <laughs> mate, can I um, Can I borrow your 20s? <laughs> you know, you know those futures. You know, 20s have you got. Can I... Uh... No, it has been. We started this because I just really enjoyed the conversations we had because I'd met someone who wanted to talk about life as much as I do. It was just, just brilliant. It's ace. It's really cool. And I think that it's kind of rare because... A lot of people I meet kind of feel like you're just being a bit too deep and too analytical about stuff. Yeah. When you talk vulnerability and insight and, you know, have aha moments and and like to discuss things with depth. But for me, that's just life. There's so much, there's so many layers to it. There's so much nuance. And so with surfing, you can just go to town on every little angle and corner and topic.
1: Well, there are more questions than answers. Yeah. But the surfing, vibe the surfing bit is an answer isn't it but without really almost needing any explanation yeah. so for me that's exactly where it is and that's why those conversations are always great because we we have those kind of chats and you kind of go around and sort of explore all of these themes light dark deep you know shallow whatever it might be and with the ultimate aim then of arriving at a beach and poof, you're in the water and whoosh, it's all calm isn't it and then you have a different chat on the way back and so yeah totally dude Well,
0: thank you for your lovely, kind words. There you go, mate. I mean, it also reminds me of... I was thinking about you earlier on in the bath. um, Oh, hang on steady. While I was meditating. And the question that I was sort of pondering on during the meditation was, when is Liam going to admit... He watches Pornhub and also. Oh my God. Here he is goes he, again. Is he going to discuss. You were doing
1: something so nice. Is he going You were to, saying some <laughs> really good things. I think you should he, stay off your favourite topics. You've lost us another 100 he, listeners.
0: Is he going to discuss which category he goes for? Because it's, you know, everyone's different. Some people like you know, salt and vinegar. Some people like barbecue flavours. So. Let's not get onto it too what, much. What category then. does he go for? But anyway, anyway, listen, some people like longboards. Some people like shortboards. Now, for me personally, I. Prefer being on a shorter board when the waves are pumping, because I I really enjoy the feeling of being in total control. As in, what I find on big boards when the waves are really going off is that you're riding the board. I feel, and not the wave, because the board you're really having to sort of um, accommodate, is the word I would use, the board to the wave, because it's just such a big thing to move around and whatever. Whereas when you're on the right hybrid, I would call it, that smaller board pulled in, still flatter rocker and fuller in the chest and a bit wider and all that good stuff that we love as average surfers. But when you're on that board that you know can perform, for me personally, I feel like there's a a real genuine connection with the wave. You're not having to think about, you know, how am I going to get my toe to there, my heel to there, and my body to here? And you don't have to sort of really slowly generate all that power and torque and whatever. You can just do it, click your finger and do it. But one thing I would say... bigger boards have done for me is in slowing down and having to think about the board I've had to work more at the technique aspects of surfing so really where I'm going with this is I'd always much rather be on a smaller board but when I have been on a bigger board it has helped my surfing no end and it's also helped my body because my body doesn't feel so strained from the extra workload I mean you know when you're on a bigger board You just get in so early and you stand to your feet and you cruise and all the turns are gentler and your knees, your back, everything feels a bit better.
1: Well, it feels more fluid. And I think that's kind of the vibe that we were talking about with, you know, how if you can get it so that it's just about feeling and you kind of it becomes more of a kind of flow rather than having to really think, oh, how do I do that again? I'll get onto them later, but I'll keep mentioning because I'm watching a lot of it at the moment is this sort of Ombi thing and Clayton's coaching. And he talks a lot about that. If you're thinking about, oh, hang on, how do I move that there? And it's almost impossible, especially when you're in the whatever arena of contact is where you're actually having to do it. So the more you can sort of make that second nature and so you feel it rather than think about it, it flows much better. And I love all that. I'm trying to apply that myself. And being on the right board, I've found completely at the kind of trying to come up through that improver journey myself has really at times, and we're talking about bigger, more foam dense boards that help you get into the kind of mush burgers that we ride. And if you're in the UK, you probably ride a lot of those kind of waves and not worry about what that board looks like, but really think about what it can do for your surfing in terms of your entry to the wave, um, ability to then pop up, what you then do with it once you're on it. It does make a huge difference. And some of these boards look a bit crazy, don't they? You know,
0: look ungainly. And yeah. it's funny because when I think about my longboard journey, and stepping on one, like I was on one the other day where I could have been on my smaller board. Yeah. But I just felt like I wanted to stay on my long board because I, and only a little bit, like a fucking tiny bit, am better at being aware of when my mind's doing this, oh, I could be on a different wave, a better board, or this hedonic cycle of looking for the better, the better, which doesn't exist really. Although even yeah. if you did go for a smaller board and that gave you more flow experience or a better wave, and that gave you more flow experience, then fine. There are times in life where you can make a tweak to something if you're not contented with what you have, and that tweak leads to more happiness because you're more, it's more suitable and authentic to what you're up to and what you like. But more often than not, it's that hedonic mind. It's like he's mm. always looking for that better, which doesn't exist. It's certainly something I've learned from you as well because you take the piss out of me that, you know, oh, just be present, mate, just be present. <laughs> be the mindful surfer, Will. Be the mindful surfer. <laughs> he says he's a fucking mindfulness coach, and there he is. Oh, I could be right around the corner. I could be on my smaller board, or... But no, I kind of, I was in the sea and I was like, I'm just enjoying this. And this is cool. And I'm on my longboard and I'm just cruising. So much of what we do is intertwined with ego, obviously, because you never ever get rid of ego. You embrace it, you're aware of it, you acknowledge it, accept it, etc. And I know that so much of why I want to throw spray is my ego. It can't not be because it wouldn't be human. Hundred percent. And so when I'm when I'm doing different maneuvers and they're gentler and less spectacular to someone else, your ego is sort of oh, mm, mm, this is new territory, just totally different style. That not, you know, it's not having the same dramatic effect like it once did, and it's cruisier and whatever. And it's amazing because you're raising awareness of this mind made identity. So it's like I am, I am what? Well, I am a shortboarder. Well, <laughs> yeah to your ego. Mm. But really, as Eckhart Tolle says, I am. And that's a full sentence. And when you bring that to anything, but in particular surfing, you could ride anything just for the joy of it. I have no identity. And this is where I am particularly inspired by surfers that we all see. You know, Mikey February is someone that springs to mind. But you know, these people who have no thing they're attached to, no label, no label, no self-identity with the ego. They just... But then here's what's really cool. <laughs> this is what we love about the ego. The ego then goes, I'm that guy. Yeah. I'm that girl who doesn't care what I ride and whatever. So the point of really going with this whole thing is be aware of your ego. It's not like it's going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's the key. And, and if you're aware of it, you can just ride what you want.
1: Yeah. It has to sometimes take a battering in order for you to grow. And I had that hugely with surfing. Because surfing is... An egoic, image conscious, sport, pastime, whatever you want to call it, because there's a degree of kind of coolness. And as soon as you get a sort of, it's a desirable thing, there are desirable, whatever that means, it attributes to being a, input in the verb surfer. Well, what does then a surfer look like? What do I need to be like to have to be a surfer? And often it is creating a bit of a world around, a wall around you that you then have to protect because it's like, that's my image as a surfer. That's my vibe as a surfer. And once you've done that, you then have to defend that and your ego doesn't like it when it gets punctured. And I probably was there when I was, as I say, 20-something who thought I was surfing. A lot of it was the what I thought the image, you know, carrying the board along the beach. You, of course, get, still getting all the benefits of being in the ocean. But it's only as you kind of go, oh, shit, I wasn't really surfing. Mm. There's some sort of real joy then comes from the improvements that you make. Because the ego can prevent you from accessing those gains, and those gains can lead to deep satisfaction and deep joy. So, so
0: true. And it's amazing because I think that um, if more surfers could embrace how things felt rather than how they looked, their surfing would look better. Yeah. And that's what I find so awesome. It's a paradoxical universe we live in. And, for example, when someone bases all of their diet and nutrition on the look that they want to end up with, they don't end up looking how they want to look. Yeah. Because not only do they not emanate true well-being because they're not happy with how they are, but also they're probably going to be a little bit malnourished and a bit overtrained. Yep. And then when someone just bases their nutrition, fitness, and everything on, on wellness, they look really good for it because oh, it totally. emanates it emanates well-being. The, the smile is different. The eyes look different. Everything emanates well-being. And then people go, oh, that person's really image conscious because look how good they look, you know, without actually knowing whatsoever what's going on underneath. Mm -hmm. And it's the same in surfing, you know, people who I see and respect who absolutely shred consistently too. Mm -hmm. That's the big word that shred over and over. And uh, Mm -hmm. uh, like guys like Rory Mm Spring to mind, the guy that I know, we know really well. He's feeling based. Mm -hmm. He's obviously got an ego like we all have, but this guy's got such consistently high level of performance and He's got no more greater attributes than... I mean, we all joke about how lean he is and how nimble he is. And I know that, that helps. But listen, human being, young guy, you know, he's got legs, he's got arms. He's like, he's like all of us, we can work on these things. There's consistently high level there. And um, it's because you can tell when he's in that flow pocket, he's just going for the feel, going for the feel. And if the look pays off, so be it. Well, then you put all the hard work
1: in as well on practice and visualization and um, seeing yourself do it. It's that the look becomes a byproduct of all of those things. And it's, you know, you can apply that to other areas of life. If you put all the hard work in, you can make it look easy and the kind of then the appreciation that other people might have consuming your art is just a byproduct of you doing all of those other things and expressing it with freedom and fluidity and, and all of the stuff that happens when it just becomes the feeling and the vibe. And it's the same in like, you know, you think sometimes of pipe to certain companies where, you know, money becomes a byproduct of just people doing a great job. Not that money is the ultimate ambition of that business because that's forcing something. But if you just flow and you think, if we do this well, whatever will come along, whatever we want to come along, the abundance of cash performance, whatever, starts to fall into line anyway, really, in, in many ways. I think I really believe that. That's kind of... Oh, hell yeah. If you go at it with a real... Authentically genuine approach of, I'm going to do this for the best possible reasons, some of the good things just fall in line behind that.
0: They so do. And you can spot people who aren't in that flow. And I'm not perfectly in that flow either, myself at all. But you can really spot people who aren't in that flow. And there was a chap who came in the other day who almost felt like he had this energy field around him of, you know, just don't go near me. I don't want to talk to anyone. I'm just having myself and just like a very strong ego identity as a perception, by the way, because that doesn't mean whatsoever that I'm right at all. It's just purely a perception. But it's a perception shared by a few others on that particular session. And the thing is, is you want to say to people, if you just notice your mind, life could be so much more relaxing. And if for me to do that, for you to do that, for someone to do that, though, it would out of turn, it would be judgment. Mm -hmm. And that's where we got to be the change. And this is where I think that the most powerful quote in the world, I think, of all time, it's a big statement. The reason why it's so powerful, I believe, is because I I feel like it's the most difficult quote to live up to. That's why I feel like it has that much power, is be the change you want to see in the world. Because we're so good at saying what someone is doing right or wrong and terrible at going, oh, actually, I'm pretty shit at that. And I'm actually, I have that tendency to do this. For example, here's one you'd yeah. like dude. Yesterday we were in the sea with them, um, with uh, with Ollie. we mentioned him again, great friend of the show here. And um, I was laying next to him, and I'm like, no, no, I don't I don't drop in, I don't snake. I do uh, <coughs> Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey,
1: hey. <coughs> oh, hey. I not sure. Hey, listen. I'm not sure if that was a coffee guy. Listen. <coughs> do you do you want me to start to write your peeps again? Do you want me to Right. Come on,
0: carry on, please. He's actually masturbating right now. Uh, well, no, no one can even oh, see that. Oh, Christ almighty. <laughs> I'm, I'm, right, I'm next to Ollie. There's this little wave coming in and I was chatting away to him like this. And I was like, oh yeah, dog, good, good one, man. Yeah, no, you got a good, no, a good wave there. No, it was good. Just get on the nose a bit more and you might get... And as I'm chatting to him, I'm snaking him. <laughs> and I said as much I said to him, I said, dude, you do know that I do this to all my mates. I, I chat them up. Just like, just get chatting to them. And then just gradually just paddle, just pass them a little bit back to the peak. (laughs) And then what you do is you go, you dropped in on me, but well, yeah, but Will, you paddle around at the first place. So, well, yeah, there you go. Point is, none of us are perfect. The key is, going back to what I was saying before, is we can't then say to someone, you're doing that like this, you know, if they've not asked for it, so to speak. And if that person who came in the sea that time, that guy, in their mind is 100% contented, who the fuck? are we, to say that that's right Correct.
1: Well, here is the thing. You're right, be the change you want to see. Because every one of us, and that's why I don't think this is about us being preachy, because we're talking to ourselves often, which we do a lot talking to oh, ourselves. Oh, yeah. But you kind of, you're like, well, why am I thinking these things about that person there? Mm. And quite often there is a degree of reflectivity about it, isn't there? You're holding a little bit of a mirror. They highlight, this being said a lot in the sort of literature around this as well, but sometimes in seeing that, it's because you're hyper aware of it because there's an element inside yourself that does those things. But by shining that light on it and saying, okay, I might, you know, is that the case? It enables you to sort of start to live that kind of change, as you say, to kind of try and honour the person or the world that you want to live in rather than it just being lip service to it and saying, well, I'm going to be the change and then not doing Mm -hmm. anything about it. Mm -hmm. And also kind of like sort of appreciating that we all, I keep talking about this, I don't know why, maybe it's because I went to a vaguely religious school talking about sort of Bible stuff, but it is that whole thing about whoever is without sin cast the first stone. And I don't think there are very many adults in this world who really are in any way justified in picking up any stone and hurling it at somebody else
0: well said absolutely and something else i want to mention before we move on is that with this guy we had a situation together where i sort of was a little bit in the way and he was a little bit in the way so no one was right it was just one of those situations it wasn't i was already on the wave and um i sort of apologized for getting close to him and it was semi-received i would say but he was just having his own surf doing his own thing that's fine But in my mind, my ego, what's fascinating about ego is that it then goes, why doesn't he like me? And why didn't he fully accept my apology? Because I'm so good at saying sorry. So because I'm so special, because I can say sorry, Mm -hmm. then, you know, humans need to honor that Mm because that's disrespectful. And it's just amazing because the ego will slip everywhere. Like I said, everywhere we go the most spiritual, most kind person, who then goes, no, no, I'm totally free from ego. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, the egoless. Yes. Uh, oh, then no, no ego in that then. So it's just always honoring that it's there, your mind, be aware of it. Notice how it interplays in life and in the ocean. And by being aware of it, you don't have to do anything. Yep. This, is what, this is a real myth, huge myth. In mindfulness is that then you've got to s- sort of do something then yeah. to become better, yeah, yeah, better human being. No, 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 no. All you got to do, yeah, is notice this constant chatting away. Is Liam going to admit to watching Pornhub? I'm oh, wondering what me and the wife are going to have for dinner tonight. Oh, that's worrying. And I must pay for that bill, but have I got enough money in my bank account? Constant mm. sixty-seven thousand. Thoughts per day, yeah. apparently, in the human mind, and we can't monitor every single one of them. That's unrealistic.
1: Well, you know what I was going to say in reference to that. Be the change because it's interesting. Be the change you want to see. It's the same when, and we mentioned this last week. I think this idea that you get to a beach or you get to a break and you go, "Oh my god, it's so crowded." Um. Well, don't don't go there then. You be the first person to uncrowd it. <laughs>
0: You be the first. Yeah. person. I had that literally just earlier on today. I was like, I was driving around. I was like, "There's so much traffic today." Yeah, <laughs>
1: as you're as you're on the road. As as... I'm
0: on the fucking road, it, and that's the.
1: I think that <laughs> ultimately sums us all up. Yeah, because we does. we are so into our specialness that you say, "Oh my god, look at all these other people mm. on this beach." Oh yeah, actually, maybe I'm also one of the many people who uh, on this beach.
0: It's why moments that come spontaneously, that's a big word, through good, consistent practice of health, kindness, compassion, happiness, mindfulness, gratitude, that you have many sacred moments in life that are totally free from ego. And you know when they happen because there is a heartfelt feeling. It's a deeper feeling and the mind is silent. mm mm-hmm. There's no noise. There's nothing. And those sacred moments... Now, the thing is, people then sort of go, oh, we should work towards those kinds of surfs, and we should work towards those kinds of moments in life. And I agree, a 100%. There's so many techniques, and so much of what we talk about on the show these techniques and things to ground practices so you can get more and more of those spontaneous feel-good moments. Except the more you sort of, again, try to have those, the less likely it is. They'll take place. So it's a very gentle balance. It's like, you know, yin and yang. It's like sort of do a bit of work, you know, do your meditation, get to bed on time, you know, do your practices, your training, you go for your surfs, get your me time in. You know, you've Mm. got to really, yeah, yeah. And then the other side is sort of now just let it go Mm -hmm. about how it might turn out. And I do this with nutrition. I'm like, oh, I've really dialed my nutrition today. Great, yeah, yeah. And then the next day I wake up and my guts feel funny. And I go, what the fuck? I. The previous day, I ate the exact same stuff that day. So how is it this day? Like, <laughs> so we realise that there's this ebb and flow all the time. I think when we are able to kind of do what we're gonna do, but then step back into being mode and let go, I think we're in that, that sweet balance. Yeah. So when you've been on, you know, Pornhub and, oh, and then you're feeling, God. I'm not going to
1: make a serious point. And then you're feeling point. bad do, 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 after when you're uh, holding I, the I, tissue. I'm not going to make a serious you're point. You're wondering point.
0: Where, where where am I going to hide this tissue because I know that
1: you are taking you are taking it down a terrible route I know
0: people are going to find me stop
1: it or they might smell it stop it (laughs) you are unbelievable I do apologise to our conscientious listeners yeah I know I Um, won't get on to exploitation of poor old people and all that sort of thing
0: chime in different websites please guys hey hope you're enjoying the show if you connect with what we do here at the mindful surfer why not share it with your friends or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review The more ratings we have, the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show. Second number two, the mindful surfers. So just a couple of moments to raise the awareness, do a little bit of deep breathing. So take a breath in through your nose. And breathe out. And breathe in. And breathe out. And breathe in. And breathe out. Just really pay attention to the feeling of air going in as you breathe in now. And keep paying attention to the breath as it goes out. And again, full attention to the breath going in. And on the way out, keep your focus on that breath. Then we're just going to do a little calming technique now. It's very good for pre or post surf or during a surf, but it's going to be, are going to breathe in for four. You're going to hold your breath for four and you're going to breathe out for eight. So breathe in for four. Hold for your breath for four seconds, and then breathe out for eight. Just do one more of those, breathe in for four. Hold your breath, and breathe out for eight. Well done, guys. There's so much power in breathwork, and we're only really at the beginnings of discovering what there will be discovered via breathwork. And just on a personal note, personal level, if I could sort of sum up in a nutshell, the thing that's helped me the most in all ways and all areas of life in the last decade, it is working on my breath. It's absolutely without question and the funny thing with it as well is it's like i used to do this thing more where i'd be like okay when i get to oh it's six o'clock yeah i'm gonna that's the schedule for the deep breathing bit and then when i pre-bed i'm gonna nowadays it's just whenever you can notice check in with your breathing because i guarantee if you've been up in your mind a bunch thinking about this and thinking about that then your breathing probably matches the same so when you get back to that rhythmic breathing that deeper breathing. And fewer breaths, by the way, which we're going to come onto in a moment, because that's a performance thing for your surfing. We're going to get you guys to do a little a little test. That's called your Bolt score. It's going to indicate how fit you are. But yeah, if you can just remember to do deep breathing in the day at any point in the day, it's going to make a huge difference to your biochemistry and your overall mindset as well. There's a guy called Patrick Someone, who's concerning have forgotten completely.
1: McKeon, I think he's McKeon, called.
0: McKeon, and I'm reading his book, The Oxygen Advantage. Now, the basic premise So far, and I might be completely wrong. So please correct me if I'm wrong, listeners or Liam. But the basic premise of the oxygen advantage is his techniques are based on creating your own version of being, let's say, at altitude. Okay, so you know, when you go to altitude, you're starved of oxygen. And what that does is build what's called CO2 tolerance. So it means that then when you get into a heavy CO2 moment where it's in, out, in, out, breathing heavily, and you've got this burning sensation in the lungs, you're better able to deal with it, you're more equipped to deal with it. So what he does with the techniques is a lot these breath hold techniques and releasing the breath calmly to help with your overall fitness, your cardiovascular output. Now, the thing with it that's interesting with this BOLT score is just Google that, just BOLT, B-O-L-T, score, and practice it. It's, listen, if you're driving now, don't do it. But if you're just sat down, you can do this. It's, all it is, is basically you take a gentle breath in through your nose to the point of where your lungs feel full, but not completely full. So like fullish, like just a normal breath right to the top, not like trying to inhale completely, but get to the top of that breath. Soon as you get to that point there, click start on the timer. The moment you have an, an urge, just an urge, like a little tiny urge to breathe out, Stop the clock, and that is called your bolt score. If your bolt score is not to 10 seconds, then you're very unfit. If it's 10 to 20, you've got an okay level fit. If it's 20 to 30, you've got a really good level of fitness, okay. and if it's 13 above, an exceptional level of fitness. Now, like anything, I was reasonably skeptical mm. when I first started practicing his techniques, and I did my bolt score in bed about three weeks ago with my wife, and it came through at 24 and after Two and a half weeks of practicing his techniques, which are very, very simple. Just hold your breath, basically, as mm. often as you can mm. during the day. Yeah, it's
1: not difficult, is it?
0: Things like that. I retested it with a friend, and it was 36.
1: Mm.
0: And so that's within two and a half, three weeks. And that's what he talks about in the book, It's be very, very quick, the result, as long as you're consistent mm. with the practice. And that's just breathing. You don't even have to go to the gym. You don't have to do anything. This is just... just building co2 tolerance i think fascinating i
1: think he's the guy It does come from a sort of russian scientist originally doesn't it some of the methodologies Mm -hmm. is he the guy that because i think i've tried this and it did work for me this anecdotally which is around clearing your nose so you sort of there's more nasal breathing yes because we're very much mouth breathers because we don't use our noses as well as we perhaps used to Mm -hmm. you can suffer more from allergic oh uh, allergies and and that sort of thing and i've got a sort of smashed septum there somewhere from god knows what so often have a bit of blockage to the to one for one of my nostrils, and trying some of the unblocking techniques that Patrick's done in his book or in his kind of tutorials has made a big difference. It's really cool. Uh, in the last year or so, you know, really using my nose to breathe a lot more now.
0: One thing I will say is it's been really hard practicing the nasal breathing while surfing. Mm-hmm. I've been trying and trying and trying and trying. Like anything, eventually that trying will pay off, but. <laughs> at the time it's god it's hard you're lying on your board and you're trying to breathe through your nose Mm -hmm. and god it's i think it's partly due to the posture of surfing yeah i think as a stand-up paddler i think it might be a little more straightforward to breathe through the nose but your ribcage and diaphragm is already impacted so your tendency to mouth breathe is way higher i feel like but yeah he is adamant about this nasal breathing so i'm trying my best but i tell you i don't do it perfectly and 80 percent of the time still i'm (laughs) using my mouth to breathe especially you know when you um Dive away, paddle, no, paddle, duck dive a wave, paddle paddle. Duck dive a wave, so it's a work on.
1: Yeah, I think the important thing is just to breathe. <laughs>
0: yeah, as long as you can,
1: that. as long as you can do that, I think you're generally <laughs> going to at least be around to do some more practice. You're probably going to be. If alright. you stop breathing, you won't be doing much more practice. <laughs> there you
0: go. Segment number three: Mind body stoke. Things Liam and I have been doing with our minds and bodies to raise the stoke, mate. Go. I was going
1: to talk a little bit about music. I just, I don't know why I'm going into this, but I'm going into this because we talked the other day with. Online, you know, on social, whatever it is, with guys at the UK Surf Show and Grumpy about playlists. Because we'd done one in the background for a while ago and it was just sitting there. And just a few tunes that occasionally when listening to them, we just drop, drag and drop them. And it's amazing the effects that music can have on your mind and your body. And I was reading something that a friend of mine sent me about the, and I'm just going to make sure I get this right, you may have heard of this, Will, the solfeggio frequency, which is the frequency mm. of love. Now, I don't Uh know which tunes this in our playlist this appears in, but apparently, because everything in the universe vibrates at a certain frequency, you know, we're all made up of molecules that are filled with water, and if you pass vibration, you know, they move around. So this is why music has such a resonance and can do things to stimulate or calm or make you happy or make you sad. And apparently there is some science behind this, that certain frequencies have different impacts on your body. And the 528 hertz solfeggio frequency is the love frequency, and it's thought to resonate at the core of everything, connecting our heart, spiritual nature, and things in nature vibrate at this. I think, like, sort of flowers respond well to this, and trees and all that. And I didn't know this till I started <laughs> reading it. But there's a lot of research being done around the way that, at a molecular level, those frequencies can impact your, your mind and your body, and therefore mm. your sort of whole spiritual well-being.
0: It's fascinating. I love that. Watch this space
1: or listen to this space.
0: I would say a number of my peak moments in life have been coinciding with certain music. Mm. And I don't know why. I don't know how. Obviously, we can sort of intellectualize that. But it goes way beyond the physical. And it's a remarkable thing. I've got this playlist on my Spotify, which is what I call my mind movie. Mm. And what I do is I... This is a Joe Dispenza technique is oftentimes I'll meditate on a song. And um, it's a lovely thing you can do. If you have like a, in particular, uh, something you wanted to manifest and achieve an experience in your life, you're creating what's called a mind movie. So you want to be able to see the movie play out of you doing that very thing. Now we can relate that obviously to surfing. Now as surfers, you probably listen to this, you know, you're thinking, well, mental ways, <laughs> how can I have that lifestyle with less work so I can surf more or, you know, boards or, geez where you live, whatever it might be. Surfers are dreamers. They are. It's just the way it goes because when you've got that bug for surf, oh my God, you start creating so many goals around it because it's the hub. It's that practice. But um, the mind movie is that what you do is you get your most inspirational music. You play it on a meditation, breathing techniques, calm breathing. As the song builds to those crescendos and peak moments with your body as it starts to tingle and you get these shivers and all these Wonderful feelings, which we can't, that we don't know like what they are. If you combine that with the movie, you're cementing a cellular, subconscious association of the feeling with the experience of you doing it. And so you've already done it. And therefore, in this universe of no time, no space, it's just inevitable that it will happen because you've already experienced it. It's not like, oh, one day, it's like, no, it's already happened. And so when you're at that level, mysterious little things start to happen in your favor to help manifest you towards that direction. It's just a really cool little technique you can do there. Check it out on Joe Dispenza's stuff, which we'll leave in the show notes. But um, That's an incredibly powerful thing, music, for
1: that very reason. It helps you, and it is a decoded art form. We know there are mechanics to it, but there is something, because it's an art form as well, like surfing, they do go very well together because it's an expression of somebody's free kind of flowing a uh, spirit expressed in art form. And that's why sometimes the music that just comes from improvisation is kind of wildly kind of attractive because there is a sort of flow to it that's just mm. somebody expressing. And that's why it's a bit, you know, it's not about, yes, we like certain bits like we like with certain surfers, but the person that's put that out there, that's expressed that, is giving such a gift to the world and that has such an impact, particularly depending on what that music does for like you say, the actual soundtrack to your life, the mood you're in, that it can lift you or take you down. You know, whatever it does, it's a very powerful force. And and that's why I love it. Maybe we'll open up a playlist for people to stick their own. Uh, I know that Pete and Leighton did that at the UK Surf Show, just to, you can throw your own mindful surf tunes in there, whatever that might be. Epic. I used to do that. When I was getting a little bit nervous in the water, I would sort of sing or like a bit of, Sometimes a bit of the chilies in my head. Brilliant. Just like, because then you know, okay, that's what it's about. They're surfers. I'm surfing. Woo. It's okay. Mm. And you sort of visualize yourself surfing to that kind of music and you're in.
0: Fantastic. Love that, dude. Yeah. I just want to share stuff on uh, mind. There's this kind of this judgment of surfers that they're selfish human beings for doing what they do because it's just for themselves. And I can see where people are coming from in that way. If they're in that life of tit for tat, I did this, so you need to do that. And the world's unfair and I've never got enough time and I feel unhealthy and I'm de-energized. I'm not very happy. I can see why people in that realm would judge surfing as being unfair and unjust in some way. Like how could you give yourself that much time and love when you know there's so much to do? There's so many things in the world that are so important. And what I fucking love, I just love so much, is that you don't have to sing it from the rooftops, although, you know, clearly I'm doing it right now because we're on a fucking podcast. But when you are really in the journey of surfing, you don't need to try and explain to people why you give yourself that time. You just go do it. Because you know, deep down, that there is only one person who can love you with absolute Totality and wholeness, always. And it's yourself. Because if we get into a codependence on other people to provide us happiness, wow, wow, wow. We are in for one heck of a roller coaster ride and some seriously tricky relationships and some difficult friendships and so just a, a fairly fucked up life. If you want a really awesome life, you've got to know... From the very get-go, there's one person takes care of you, and that's you. So you have to decide for yourself. And so it comes back to this thing, and I've had people judge me over and over, and just the reason why I've I've mentioned it in this one, because I had someone mention it the other day, in in a light-hearted way, in a fun way. I always like to poke fun at myself in that way, because I think it's what helps keep me on an even keel, because I think it is funny. But that you've got this difference between selfishness versus self-care. And... If you're in that realm listening to this where you find yourself ever feeling guilt or shame or a bit not sure and not really able to fully embrace that surf or that drive or that time because you're wondering you know, what it's going to imply and what it's going to do and it's going to imbalance. If you're in that realm and you feel like you are genuinely imbalancing your life because you're spending, let's say, too long in the ocean or going surfing too many times, then fucking hell yeah, make a difference, make a change, make a, an adjustment. But you've got to be able to notice the irrational mind versus the true self. Because the irrational mind will never stop. It goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on on all the time about all kinds of rabbit holes. You've got to be able to spot that, be aware of it, let it pass. And then have your deeper knowing of yourself, of who you are, of what's right for you, your intuition. And learn how to listen to that. Because there is no should. Oh, I should do more of, I should spend more time with the family. I should, you know, I should. Stretch more, you know. I really should eat a healthier diet. I really fuck this word "should." (laughs) It's a load of bollocks. This "should" word. I just want to ban it from human life. There's no, there's no "should" because that's just this kind of "shoulda, woulda, coulda." It's just it's nonsense. You just you trust in your decisions and your intuition. If it feels good on a deeper level, because you're doing the work of understanding how your body is and how your mind interrelates with your body, you know. If it's the right call and things work out, when you're in that good vibe, good things happen.
1: Yeah. I mean, you don't have to be an arsehole to people to be sort of in charge of your self-care. I think there is a very definite balance to strike, though, because your self-care can come from healthy relationships. Codependency is not a good vibe to get into, but a healthy, balanced relationship is a joy. Yeah. Because that brings all sorts of goodness. So it's about that, like you say, that walking that. Because too much of something, too much of a sort of uber self pursuit, can also create a disconnect. Or you can be in too much chaos, if you like, or too much order, depending on which one that takes you into. Well said. So it is about creating a balanced world to facilitate what is a good surfing life. Because you can, you can absolutely have too much of a. You can have too much of a good thing. Yeah, well said.
0: I I love that, dude. If your decisions around surfing are creating chaos, then there's two things around that. Mm. One, you know, could you, if the relationship, let's talk about relationship as an example to ground this. If that's creating chaos in the relationship, one, what could you do to rebalance that? You know, we're all learning as humans. No one's perfect. And two, is there a codependency there? Mm. Is this person really meant for your journey? Mm. Because if there's a real codependency, as in they're depending on you for wellness and happiness and not creating it within themselves, which is where it does come from. I have just about to use the word should then. Yes. Where it does, I was just careful where it does come from when you're taking good care of yourself. Cause you know, that's how it works. Then fine. You're with someone who, you know, is in that space. But when someone's not really taking very good care of themselves and they have the tendency for the mind to wonder about, you know, where are they and when are they going to be back and all that kind of stuff. And they're not doing the kind of inner work that can help them notice their irrational mind, let it pass, then maybe, only maybe, it's was maybes, it could be worth moving on to look at a different relationship. because Because the people who really are meant for your path and your journey, you know, to back you, they will back you always. Not when you've been... I mean, backing you always sort of sounds silly in the sense of, you know, what about when you've been a dick? Well, that's backing you too because they'll say so and there'll be an imbalance and you'll have to have it out because so backing you isn't just always going, yes, yes, yes. Codependency then is sort of like, well, you know, what about when they do speak up? Well, no, no, that's when you then have it out. That's when you then calmly go through it and you settle things and you go, okay, maybe there is a little bit too much chaos here. So we've just got to rebalance. That's cool. Yes, exactly, yeah. Interdependency doesn't just mean yes, yes, yes. Getting things out on the table...
1: Always shines that light on things, anyway, doesn't it? You can tell. Well, I'm gonna tell you, when you're being a dickhead. There you go.
0: Yeah, and you do.
1: To be fair, it's a long queue. I have to take one, <laughs> I have to take my turn. That's a ticket system. Number 73? Yes, Will, you've been a
0: dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully, I've got friends who, who tell me when I smell because I came out to sea yesterday and I sat down on the stones. and A friend of mine said, like, Oof, dude you piss in your wetsuit? Just, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Just as I was getting out. yeah happens every time. So, yeah. oh my God, that's a strong scent that. Yeah.
1: Mine's over consumption of hummus.
0: Yeah. A bit of garlic. Garlic action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you are a bit garlicky actually. Yeah. Second number four, surf media insight. I just want to share this insight on YouTube. My YouTube stopped working a while back on my Apple TV and it was making a bit of an impact at the time. And as time's now gone on, It's made a really quite significant impact because what I want to share here is this thing of, when you've got Instagram and you've got YouTube, and we love for surfing, there will be this thing called clickbait. What social media is designed to do is get you to go to the next one, the next one, the better one, the next one. Oh, that one looks good. Oh, that one will be better. This will entertain me more. And the point is, is that there is no such thing as the better, better, better. It's, It's designed to get you hooked. That's the whole point. Now, what I've done is, I finished watching my shows with my wife, Where I'd normally then go on YouTube and I would start flicking through vlogs, surf footage, boards, fins, you know, whatever, nutrition. Like I would just go through this kind of – I would just keep clicking on the next one and the next one and the next one. And I would not actually even finish Mm -hmm. the video that I started. I did this all the time. And I now go on Red Bull TV and you click on to surfing and it just gives – it's like a running stream. It just gives you footage. I sort of sit there and like, yeah, it's cool. And it relates to this thing that when you're in your own bubble and you're contented with what you have, you realize that the only thing that could make you discontented and uncontented would be your mind. Mm. Because the present moment is all there is. So how can it not be everything that there ever was or will be? So to think that the future could, oh, that could be, oh, and the next, it's the illusion of the mind. So the insight really is just, be really aware. We discuss this many times in the show, but we will discuss it again because I think it's always going to be very pertinent. This aspect of social media, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, comparison of, and getting distracted, and get, we get so distracted by our phones, don't we?
1: Distraction, taking you out the moment. Comparison vortex, all of the stuff we've talked about so many times, and it comes exactly from those channels. And a healthy relationship with them is, is a very important thing. And and if you're kind of into the place where you're comparing your life all the time with somebody else's who you are only getting, as I've said before, a very superficial snapshot of what their existence is, then you're on a hiding to nothing. Because there is no nuance and no depth and no, no contextualization nuance. of the life they're living compared with yours. And you shouldn't compare it anyway. It's so true. So well, it's rather it's unhealthy to compare your life with other people. So you just got to make the best of your own one. There was, Do you have anything you want to? Share? I was going to shout, out, but I might save this to the next show. Actually, just some more about the Ombi platform and some of the coaching videos that they're putting up because it's really changed. Ombi spelt just for the guys. O M B E. Yeah, I put in the notes again. Um, Clayton, who's the sort of founder of that uh, platform, was called the Manzi Surf before and is now Ombi explains and articulates the principles of surfing development better than anybody else I think I've heard. And he is—he has revolutionized, even in a very short space of time. I've just signed up to the platform. I'll come back on when I'm sort of buying into it more. But even in some of the snippets there and the assessments has changed my surfing more than I thought would be possible in that short space of time. And it's just simple things. But his articulation of the principles is so, well, I find it very easy
0: to connect with. It's really cool. I'm so appreciative of that. It's unbelievable. I've seen you progress a lot yep. in the last few years. But just recently, that program has made an impact. Yep. And I saw you coming down the line on a real nice yep. right, and there was a long old section yep. ahead of a big foam section. Yep. So when we have foam sections get in the way of the next section, obviously you've got to get over the foam. Yeah. And you've got to generate speed and a big old floater to get through yep. that. And you did. Yep. It was this new thing you were doing with your body, twisting, pumping. Yep. Ch- ch- and we'll explore it more we'll use this platform to talk about our surf development and yeah we'll discuss this more next time but um, it's totally but it's yeah really cool so early days very, very early, encouraging. early
1: days but check it out i don't want to keep it to myself and suddenly people will be going oh wow <laughs> <laughs> you might could check it out it's really easy to digest but it's a very very good uh, very good tool nice,
0: he's on. a cool dude epic cheers for listening guys see you again see, see you again. next week bye